in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more. This is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by my... Wait, are you are you actually Taylor Sokol? Or are you the variant of Taylor Sokol? Um, to be determined. Uh, no, of course, we have this Earth's version of Taylor Sokol, my co-host and confidant here on the Potential Podcast. And we're back for another Potential Pick. We're reviewing today the Marvel original series Loki that premiered at Disney Plus. We just got the finale, and this has been such an interesting show, much different from our first iterations of WandaVision and the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, of course, following our favorite god of mischief, Tom Hiddleston, back as the one and only Loki. So, Taylor, before we go into our review today, this is your spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Well, we can't, you know, when we get these Marvel things, it's so hard to, to talk without really talking about all the big things. So this is a spoiler review for sure. Taylor, when we got Avengers Endgame, the culmination of 10 years of multiple Marvel movies and characters, the final battle to take over Thanos and bring back all those we lost, we had that really fun sequence when they were back in New York after the events of the Avengers, where Loki, at that point, who was the Loki in the Avengers, you know, he had not gone through the Dark World or Ragnarok or anything past that, uh, got his hands on the Tesseract and he magically disappeared. And that was, you know, where we left off with that Loki. So this show is picking up of where does Loki transfer to, what happens, and we get open to a whole kind of box of mysteries with this new organization so what were your expectations for this show and when it's first started off how was it you know watching this show and where you know especially comparing to uh wandavision and falcon winter soldier how very different and more fantasy like this show was compared to those two yeah well first of all it kind of really creates more lore uh to the mc universe uh more so than uh wandavision and falcon winter soldier um, also, I think this was going to be a lot more bonkers um, than I thought. I thought WandaVision was going to be a little more trippy, a little more nutty. This one kind of, okay, this is going to be the kind of really out there and, and, and kind of maybe a little crazy. Um, but I, I didn't really know what to expect. I just knew that I heard Tom Hiddleston. I'm, I'm excited. That's all I needed to know. And I had seen the, tra- yeah, I'd seen the trailer and it was pretty, uh, pretty cryptic, but I knew there was a lot, lot to see. And there's a lot of images of, you know, I didn't know at the time these variations of Loki, but you seeing him like he looked like he was running for office, you know, him yeah. and Wilson are having. So I don't know what was happening. And there was maybe maybe he, he was going to be um, where the soul stone was. There was a couple like it was Black Widow's going to be. So there was a lot. I didn't know what to really expect. I just was like, you know what? I'm excited. Just l- let's see what happens. But there was a lot of questions about it for sure. I mean, time and end game that we were all like, okay, so is that not going to get resolved? But of course the makers of uh, these fantastic films under Kevin Feige, they've done an amazing job because there is a method to the madness. Ooh, reveal a little hint to something there else later. Go, but uh, what, what about you? What were you, what were you kind of expecting? Was there anything that you really were like, Oh, I, this is what I'm excited about when I'm not, what were you thinking about this? 
Well, something we discussed before uh, the show even started was the idea that this is Loki all before he's kind of learned his lesson. Yeah. And, you know, Loki being a character that, yes, continually has uh, backstabbed Thor and other loved ones. I mean, he's ones. the god of mischief, but more like the god he's of... He's got a mischief. Yeah. Obviously, he went down a dark path because he wanted to rule and finding out that your dad's not really your dad and you're adopted uh, from this uh, race that is, you know, considered the monster race that you've been grown up with. There's just a lot of stuff that, to his character, which is why he's such a compelling villain. True, Truly, minus Thanos... Uh, coming in later in the MCU, Loki is still the the best villain character we've had represented in the MCU. We kind of get MCU kind of has a thing, which I mean, we sometimes see this in DC movies as well. We have a lot of one-off villains that don't really last more than a film. Yeah, they're not going to be in, you know, the third or second. It's just like a very one-dimensional character. And it's like, you know, they serve the purpose of that film, but they're more, the films are more meant to grow the hero, not so much the villain. Loki was a character where we got to fall in love with him because he is Thor's, you know, stepbrother, brother, if you will. And how much you you do kind of, you know, you can't help but love him, even though he's flawed. So to see where where is he going to end up and how he would handle things, because at this point, he just got defeated on New York. He made this deal with Thanos and having this army. And obviously that all failed. So there's there's anger that he, you know, his next step to try to rule didn't work out. And where would this put him? And this site in, you know, thinking like, how would he maybe still learn to become somewhat of a good guy? You know, he's, he's that, that typical anti-hero character where you, you root for him, but you know that at any given moment he could, you know, flip a switch and, and go the other way. So the introduction of this, uh, the TVA, this Time Variance Authority, this was the way to be like, all right, this is what happens when something goes wrong in the time, you know, this becomes a whole, there's a whole authority that is, you know, following that. And they've known all the events that have happened so far in the MCU to the point where Infinity Stones are treated like, you know, paperweights. And it's like, so it kind of blew my mind a little bit how this seems like such a bigger cosmic um, authority than we've had before. And Owen Wilson, you know, we, we've loved Owen Wilson for so many years, of course, mostly known for comedy work. And this is one of those great kind of, you know, the MCU does this so well of characters that are grounded, characters we love to watch, but also the humor and the dialogue between him and Tom were fantastic. But I thought this was a great start to the series to be like, you weren't supposed to come here. And now because you've done this and, you know, you, you've stopped the natural events that were supposed to happen you're now under arrest and then figuring out there's variants of you and you know there's there is one variant of you that is actually going through different parts of time and causing chaos essentially so i thought that was a great jumping off point for this series yeah and the fact that uh you know he's he's called upon to kind of help uh, Owen Wilson's character like I need you you know who are we hunting uh, yourself so it's like okay well who who knows me better than me uh, you know or uh, uh, so and through through his you know the first couple episodes and we're like okay so this other variant of him or version of him is actually this a female version of him which is which is kind of exciting too because it's like okay and that's that's what I love about these multiverse movies uh, or any kind of media that deals with a multiverse. And of course we kind of hinted that that was debunked 
right. in that storyline with uh, Spider-Man No um, and Far From Home, which is kind of like, you know, they talked about the multiverse theory, although they were like, oh, it was actually a fake out uh, at that point. So it's kind of really exciting to see, okay, well, there are multiple, there were multiple timelines. Now there's just one. So there could be different versions of you at any given time. So this is really great. And Sophia De Martino uh, playing this uh, female version uh, goes by the name Sylvie. She, I was really, really pumped about, um, you know, what she brought to the table. I think she was definitely, we're talking about Owen Wilson. I think Tom Edelson has a great thing with blondes, uh, but Owen Wilson, his chemistry there. And then with theirs as, you know, both versions of Loki and, you know, you know, learning about like what the writers and the, the head director was talking about the show that the show is kind of like a real like self-reflection because there is kind of, they develop a little bit of this romance, but it really, it's kind of weird because it's like, basically it's another version of him. It's really himself. So it's this whole kind of self-love, like they're both the same person, but they've both had different experiences and they're still kind of going through that. Like, and I love the line later in the series where he's like, you know, you, uh, you know, you can't trust people you don't trust and I can't be trusted. So this is where, you know, we're at. So there's this constant, like it's a physical manifestation of this internal struggle that they're both having that they, 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 you know, I wasn't supposed to exist, you know, wait, I wasn't supposed to rule. What do you mean? So, and it's very, it's almost more therapeutic than what, um, WandaVision was where WandaVision dealt with grief and you've got um, Falcon Winter Soldier deals with more uh, legacy and, um, you know, picking up, you know, and, and representation. This one in talking about that self-love and, and self-doubt and what you what you want your story to be, uh, you know, because there's all this predestination, you know, no, this I, we write our own stories, you know, all these kind of things. So <laughs> uh, get into characters. But yeah, and I think that's what was so compelling about the show. If you look at like that that incredible scene in the first episode where, you know, I, I thought, how are they gonna, you know, are they gonna show what happened to Loki so he kind of knows what his destiny is, and watching him, you know, be the Loki where he's supposed to be post Avengers, watching all the events of what his life would be leading up to his eventual death by the hands of Thanos, and watching him react to this, you know, imagine watching the TV and seeing your life how it's going to play out and how that would mess with you to a point. And also thinking, well, I kind of chose a certain path down the line and this is what happened. You know, I eventually led to my death. So can I overcome this? Uh, can I be better than this? Can I change? Is there something I can do? And obviously because of this TVA being not all that it seems and being very mysterious and being a little controlling uh, there's a natural untrust to this organization, especially from Sylvie's standpoint. So I did like that they kind of bonded and that they were they were kind of going on this journey together to figure out, uh, you know, there's something wrong about this place. And then eventually, I feel like some of the big reveals were things like, you know, they were kind of told that everyone that worked at the TVA was there on purpose. They were uh, like created, you know, created to for this or by this by these timekeepers, these timekeepers, these three lords of time and space you know, lizards eventually finding out that uh no they're they are not uh, these are all people that were living normal lives that were then uh basically enchanted and, and and you know their memories were wiped to become working for the tva and you know i loved i i'm i'm gonna i try not to butcher this name i believe it's gugu mabatha i'm gonna hope that's how it's pronounced but um, this character of Ravona, Ravona, Ravana? yeah, Ravona Renslayer, right? Ravona, this character of Ravona, 
who is um, she's a bit higher up uh, than Owen Wilson in the TVA. And she's someone that you could tell is very like by the book. She uh, she's very strong with how this organization works. And, uh, you know, she's not trying to look for uh, the cracks in, uh, you know, the, the walls and stuff. But her character throughout the show started to really open up. And I felt it was so nice to have a, a very strong female character there apart from Sylvie. And then we also have uh, one me, Mosoku, uh, who was just like, she was awesome too. Uh, this kind of like the main soldier, if you will. And I love that these soldiers have these, you know, the devices, the time devices and how they kind of go about and and those and those staffs that um you know can be used as a blunt weapon but then can also you know dust you essentially uh yeah. <laughs> which that was that, that was very very cool uh weapon yeah within the first episode you're like okay i do not want to be touched by that thing <laughs> when that i love yeah, that scene when the guy didn't take a number and then he gets uh he gets zapped and loki's like where's my number where's yeah. my number <laughs> right here my ticket i'll take but, it but um the 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 fantasy element of the show was very grand. Obviously a lot of this was probably mostly CGI sets um, or digital, but I mean, even just the TVA looked so massive. And then, you know, they went to that planet that had the moon kind of crashing into it. Just these grand colors of purple and blue and, you know, so fantasy like, and then eventually moving on to, you know, I loved, uh, them going up the elevators to try to find the timekeepers. It just had this very dark fantasy element about it. And it made it very uh, cosmic, very uh, just like entertaining to watch. It was something like, it was more appealing to the eye. I will say though, the problem with the show was some of it was very filler. Uh, that episode with the, I think it was episode three, the two of them on the moon planet, it, it just felt like a full filler episode. It didn't feel like it did anything to actually truly continue the plot of the show. Yeah, when it ended, you're kind of like, wait, that, that that's how the episode ends? Yeah. Uh, which was, you know, interesting choice. I mean, again, these are... And the different thing about this show, if you think about it, is this is going to be a show that already has a, a for sure season two. Uh, that was already announced before even they put this little teaser at the end of the last episode. We knew this was going to get a season two, whereas the other two series are pretty much standalones. So I could see why they maybe thought we don't have to do everything in this first season. And this could be a show, honestly, because Loki is such a popular character. And now with Sylvie and Owen Wilson and others, they could have this go maybe three, four seasons, honestly, depending on how much they want to do with the character. But I'll tell you where the show turned around for me really was um, they had the, 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 the episode where they went and they they got to the timekeepers and you see these three, you know, they look like these mystical beings and they're, they're high chairs and you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I, I don't mean baby high chairs. I mean, like yeah, yeah, know, thrones. Um, and just this cool moment of fighting happening and then realizing that they're androids. They're like robots. They're not actually real at all. So you're like, what? So the time Lords aren't even the real deal. And to see the characters start to even question, like, you know, Ravona being like, wait a minute, like, she spent her entire life thinking that I'm serving this purpose. And even now she's like, uh, wait a minute, these guys aren't even real. And then to see, of course, it was such a shock to see uh, Owen Wilson get, you know, zapped. And then soon after Loki got zapped. Yeah, it was so like, you're like, what, what is, you know, there's like plot twist. So you're like, wait, how... 
how can you have like your your you know two of your main characters what we think are, are dead at that point it was like yeah but it led to i think what was one of the stronger episodes of the season which was episode five um journey into mystery uh which to me was like this felt like a like supreme fantasy it had a lot of a legend of zelda vibes it had like magic the gathering vibes it was like a lot of easter eggs for marvel fans um this is where we this is where we got a bunch of those other Lokis, such as the one that you did see in all the all the um the screenshots of the the kind of political looking one said like vote for me <laughs> which i thought was funny yeah yeah but let's we gotta talk about richard e grant here as kind of classic old loki hands down um incredible uh I guess you could say a cameo role being really only the one full episode he was in. I mean, a little bit of the tail end, that little, but what do you think of Richard E. Grant here as this kind of uh, classic Loki? I thought he was well, awesome. He's, he's an absolute legend. I mean, from, uh, I think people have seen him more recently in, in the last uh, star Wars. Uh, I remember him from the movie, little vampire. Like he just, he just plays such, you know, he just plays such a, um, a commanding presence. And this one was a little bit more comedic for him. And I thought, Oh my gosh, cause it, and again, we got that little bit of that vision. We had the classic look of some of these characters. So I think that was kind of a fun to see, you know, that kind of costume we're seeing the real yellow and green. And he just definitely for that one bit, I mean, he just stole the, stole the episode. It was just really great. And, um, I just loved his, uh, his version of a kind of an older, you know, more seasoned Loki. And, um, uh, just perfect. I just uh, I like his his moment in there, and of course we get uh, Kid Loki. So we have Kid. So we have Kid Loki here, which really exciting for for those maybe the untrained or the un um, you know unnerd like. Uh, I read into this about the comic book lore that uh, Kid Loki is part of what is known as the Young Avengers, uh, which is basically you know some of the the kids and the spawn of um, a lot of these famous ones, and and we've got kind of a hint to that in WandaVision with uh one of kids yeah uh, would 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 play um would play into that so that's gonna be interesting there too and just some of the that that episode was really all the absurdity of what i was looking for you know get alligator looking you know and all this all this crazy stuff happening and i i love the scene where uh Eliath, which is this big um smoke monster basically this the, a creature that devours uh, you know, time, which I got like, people were saying the cave of wonders. I got kind of like the rhino vibes from James and giant peach. Yeah. It's the rhino. Remember yeah. That? It didn't, it didn't feel like a physical presence, although it did kind of have a face. Um, it was just this, uh, monstrosity, uh, entity, if you will. And I love that it, um, you know, obviously it was kind of the, the typical fantasy, very much like you would have a, a dragon, guarding the treasure or you know the cave guarding the castle um, the castle that was this uh, situation it was the big uh, thing that's standing in the way where you need to go and oh, i mean richard d grant you know him as classic loki you know sim you know just bringing forth a huge uh projection of asgard was like epic i mean that was his epic skill right there purpose is so great. and sylvie you know obviously they hinted at kind of her somewhat symbolizing the character of the enchantress uh not to an official degree but that was kind of their way of introducing that character into the mcu so the two of them you know loki obviously and her having this somewhat romantic bond which i guess 
Uh, I mean, if they're variants, I guess they're not related, right? So I guess that's okay. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> seeing them, uh, you know, enchant this giant thing and just opening this gateway to this this hidden castle uh, in the clouds. Uh, again, it's just the whole episode was so fantasy filled to me. And there was, you know, Easter eggs everywhere. I mean, I know people saw the, um, there was the frog Thor, I believe. You saw the Thanos uh, helicopter uh, which is straight from the comics and there's little things like that. And it was, it was kind of like, you know, it was kind of funny, fun fact, you know, that ship that Elias devours all the uh, USS Eldridge. Yeah. That is actually a real ship that um, there was a project called the Philadelphia project. This is a real story. Oh, wow. that apparently in history they used, they were trying to sh- create teleportation. They were going to teleport this ship. And so I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. So if you look into that, cause I had to look at this up, there was a lot of, not only hints to the MCU and, and just Marvel in general, but there was like historical things, which I thought that was like, again, I would, I would love to go back into the void. That's what, honestly, I would love to have a whole other episode, just, you know, different variants and stuff. Um, but yeah, that was kind of cool. But we had this, uh, we had this Citadel thing in the middle and this is where we, we leave off the show with Loki and Sylvie uh, storm in the castle, as you would say. Uh, of course, there's only one person in this castle. It's not like a castle with a bunch of guards, uh, being that the big guard dog has been enchanted and taken down. So they they know this is whoever's in this is who's been controlling the TVA. This has been the the puppet master the entire time. And we we you know they kind of go through and I love again the imagery of this castle was kind of very dark and creepy and it had like these huge statues and just you know a little like okay someone's in here it's kind of eerie. And then we hear this elevator ding and um, this elevator opens. And for all those who already knew that Jonathan Majors has been cast to play King the Conqueror in Ant-Man 3 coming up, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, we get Jonathan Majors in here as he who remains. Uh, but not, you know, not, I guess, for, for true fans of King, not King that we know yet to be, but uh, we're going to get to that. But this to me was just like if you were looking for something to finish off season one uh, that had more to do with Loki itself, uh, I could see why maybe you might be a little confused or disappointed. For me, this was a perfect ending to season one because this was all leading to this moment, which will now affect the rest of phase four and the future of the MCU. Yeah, more so more so than WandaVision or this this is really gonna just set the sta- standard, uh, set the stage, excuse me. I I love this whole sequence. I mean, Jonathan Majors, I have not seen his work in Lovecraft Country. It's on my list. Um, I know he got nominated, a bunch of them got uh, got a huge amount of uh, Emmy nominations just the other day. But um just this this kind of mysterious, very uh, you know like clown-like, a little mischievous, uh, a little nerdy. It was such like just mesmerizing to watch this guy talk. Yeah, you didn't know really. You didn't really know where where he was coming from or where he was going. And I think, and that's what we're led to believe. This whole thing. We've got two Lokis who are the most distrustful or untrusting of anyone. So they're really like, well, we can't really trust him. You know what? It, what is real or not? So, you know where like where where is this going to go and again for the final episode for the finale it's not a lot of action this one it's very dialogue heavy but it does it sets up a lot of good exposition about again the true what we think is the true origin of the multiversal wars and you know how we became into one sacred timeline 
Yeah, this idea that this guy's saying, uh, you know, I developed the TVA because uh, there, there was a discovery of, of variants of myself and not all of them are as nice or as uh, genuine. You know, some are very uh, evil in nature. And so the TVA was developed so that they could stop the splitting of the timelines and have just one timeline. But if you kill me, uh, it will release the timeline and there will be hundreds of different versions of me. Again, not all very nice. And, you know, Sylvie's been so mad this entire time because, again, she was stolen from her life on her Asgard and just having to run her whole life. And she's just fed up with everything. And Loki's kind of come to some sense of uh, calm being like, we can't do this because as much as you might want to get your revenge right now, if you do this, this will cause an effect worse than anything we've ever done before. You know, he's, he, he may have not seen what Thanos could do in the future, but he's seen it on TV briefly to be like, that guy was bad. This guy could be way worse. But of course what happens? Sylvie and him have a, a little dual moment, uh, which I always love when they fight. It's so cool. And they kind of enchant their swords out of nowhere, their daggers and stuff. But they kiss, you know, they have a little romantic moment. And then Sylvia uses that to her advantage to push Loki out of this with, you know, the little time device. And she does kill this he who remains, this version of Kang. And then we see behind him this the timeline start to <laughs> they're, they're like And I just love I love he I love he just looks, he's like, Well, see, see you soon. soon. I was oh, like so so creepy. What a yeah. great little line there. So creepy. And of course we leave we leave Sylvie there thinking, I thought I was gonna feel better about this. And like again Killing him did nothing. So we're left with her just standing there. And of course, Loki, he's back at the TVA and he's like, oh my God, I got to go back to. Um, I got to tell Mobius. Because of course. What we've done. Yeah, Mobius. I got to. We got to. We got to. Uh, he's. And it, again, this final episode, every episode, just the raw, like the some of the best acting I've seen of Hiddleston and any of the MCU movies, just his raw emotion. And he's just like, his voice is cracking. It's like, we need, we can't, we don't know what to do. And all of a sudden, you Mobius, can tell he's scared. Oh yeah. He's scared. He's devastated. I mean, cause he, he poured his heart out, you know? And I think at a point, Sylvie's like, I love you too, but my rage is deeper than what I care for you. And so he gets to Mobius and then Mobius is like, uh, like wh wh who are you? What, 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 he completely doesn't even know who he is. So we're like, oh no, it's a different, it must be a different timeline or, uh, you know, something's already taken effect with everything. And then it leads to a great last image uh, of, of the episode, Taylor. Yeah. Uh, we, we get, well, we get set. We, well, kind of a little plan of the day scene where we see yeah. he looks over in the statue, just Kang. Uh, Kang the Conqueror was like, oh crap, what's happened? Uh, but yeah, and talking about great endings, we had a great, great post credits uh, scene. Uh, it's two seconds, and it just is Loki will return season two. So thank you for <laughs> teasing that earlier. I was like, what a uh, very blunt. Uh, uh, yeah, literally put a stamp on this yeah. one for now. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it's it to me, it was like, it was fun to keep up with this show. Uh, I was always excited to get to Wednesdays and be like, oh, I can't wait to watch the new episode. Uh, you know, Tom Hiddleston is such a, a icon now with this character. It's just something that MCU fans love to watch his work. And, you know, we're just excited to see where this could go. And I wonder really where will season two take place in the timeline of phase four and you know i feel like kang being someone that's you know you look at thanos really took 
three phases. You know, he was introduced in phase one. We got some teases in phase two, and then phase three was all about Thanos. I feel like Kang would be someone we'd see sit around for a while. I don't think it's going to be an automatic phase four defeat, maybe through phase five. Um, but you imagine now with the timelines being multiple, I mean, we could have a Thanos from a different timeline. We could have a Tony Stark from a different timeline. We could have Captain America. Any character that's been in the MCU already could come back because they're in a different timeline. And of course, this will definitely affect the upcoming events of Spider-Man, uh, you know, the third movie, and of course, Doctor Strange uh, to the Multiverse of Madness. And, we, and obviously, and, and Ant-Man 3, we know with Quantumania. Yeah, yeah, Quantumania. So we are we already know that's going to happen, but we it kind of does give us a little bit of um, look at you know what has happened already. You know, when we had Endgame, you know, uh, Cap came back and he was old, and we see him with Peggy Carter. So he was maybe in a different timeline. Did the did that already start taking effect right at that point? You know, and of course in WandaVision where they had the post credit scene of her looking at the dark hole and she hears the voices of her two sons who had disappeared. So they're in a different universe. So there's a lot, a lot to unpack and digest and think of what this is all gonna happen. We've already got teases about all the different variations of characters and they keep saying back and forth, it is, it isn't, that we're not gonna get the other, you know versions of spider-man but come on i mean the cat's already at this point we're we're expecting it and this could also lead to how they reinvent uh x-men fantastic four all of that um can can be brought back as well so you know this show was a blast it was such a fun summer release um and of course led into uh now we have the mcu back on the big screen with black widow so stay tuned for that review and it's just exciting to see the mcu is just back full and strong and leading to some Big projects coming up, of course, coming up in the summer, we have the What If series. And then soon in September, we will have Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. So we're excited to keep riding this MCU wave as Phase 4 continues. But thanks for listening to our review on Loki. Let me hear your thoughts. Where If you like the, the season, let us know on our social media or you can email us because it was a fun time. I think it was a fun time for you guys as well. Absolutely. So please stay tuned and thank you again for joining us for this edition of Potential Picks. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.